A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm 50 this year. Jesus Christ, if I can't have an opinion now, what's the point? Hello and welcome back to Beautiful Lives. Today I'm joined by Caroline Hirons, the beauty industry insider, facialist and brand expert who commands a huge audience across her various platforms. To give you an idea of scale, at the time of this episode going live, Caroline has over 270,000 Instagram followers, 180,000 YouTube subscribers and 76,000 Twitter followers. Caroline's empire is built on her love of skincare and on her candid assessments of what she thinks is worth investing in and what isn't. In today's episode, we talk about Caroline's childhood, work ethic, some of her experiences in the beauty industry, and of course, we talk skincare. Here's Caroline. All right, so I'm here with Caroline Hirons. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. When I think of you, I think of a very um, strong, opinionated, you know your mind, yeah. and you know who you are, and yeah. you're not afraid to have an opinion. No. So were you like that as a little girl? Is that something that's innate? I don't know. I think I was just always um, always inquisitive, never, not very good at, well, it, it would sound obvious now, but not very good at taking instruction from people that I did not respect from the year dot. Okay. So, so in that school, that is problematic. Yes, I was about yeah. to say. Okay. Um, if I loved the teacher, then I was enraptured mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if I thought the teacher was a bit of a knob I would just be sitting there going oh, I could learn this myself yeah yeah which is really really arrogant in a young child were you called bossy a yes. lot yeah as if it was a negative as if it were a negative right okay I sort of joke and say I'm the most extroverted introvert I know mm. you know I'm very happy on my own yeah um I don't seek out company mm-hmm. you know I get invited to a lot of things and say no which is the joy of being older. Yeah. I, have, I have no guilt about putting myself first. Are you happy in a crowd if you don't have people you know who are there? I'm, yeah, I'm happy, but why am I there? Yeah. I have to, if I'm going to be in a crowd, it needs to have a purpose. Right. I don't go to just sort of rent-a-mob events, mm-hmm. you know. I'm too busy to hang out. Yeah. I'd rather hang out with the family I've made. Yeah, and you've got a huge family. Did you have a big family growing up? No, just me and my little brother. Oh, really? And I'm nine years older than him, so I was like second mum. Okay, fine. So for the first nine years of your life, it's you and your parents. Mm-hmm. And what was the culture in your household like? They're gregarious characters. Um, they divorced when I was a teenager. Okay. But they're from Liverpool, so there's very definitely a character there. And I don't mean that as a sort of cliche. They're just as a certain type of character, and they have it. Um, we had a very loud household when the family were all together. I mean, now, my dad's side of the family in particular... Um, actually that's not fair both sides of the family our family was probably the quietest but both sides of the family at family gatherings were incredibly loud okay the Anglicans and the Catholics okay odd really that they're divorced <laughs> <laughs> and where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Liverpool was in Liverpool till I was about four then we moved to Mississippi yes and I was in America till I was ten or eleven ten and then I moved back up north to Warrington right eleven to seventeen I was up north in Warrington and then I moved to London when I was seventeen okay so north America, North. Why did you move yeah. to America? My mum's American, so my granddad sort of sent us over there on a holiday. Said, come and, you know, girl, come and visit us. And we went over and they loved it. Mm-hmm. 
and it was in the 70s at the time of the boom era and we moved over and they did really well and then eventually my mum in particular was so homesick and missed her mum and my mother my grandmother was diagnosed with MS but at the time we moved back she was doing a lot of like um she was wobbly and forgetting things and slurring and people thought well funnily enough her work thought she was an alcoholic and she ended up win- winning a payout from them because they fired her. She was in the beauty industry. Yes, she was. I won't tell you yeah. what the brand was, but I've yeah. got the letters. Yeah. And, um, and then they, when they realised she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, they were mortified. And I have a beautiful letter from them, just yeah. beyond apologetic. Because, you know, my gra- I get my work ethic from both parents yeah. and both sets of grandparents. There's not one, you know, as much as people joke about their families, one thing I can say about everyone in my family is we're all... The work ethic, if you cut us in half, it would yeah. say works like a mad person yeah tell me what your parents did my mum was in the beauty industry yeah my grandmother was in the beauty industry mm-hmm. my dad was sort of um management so he was a warehouse manager and then he was a big mechanics manager and he's always been sort of at management level mm-hmm. pretty much from as long as I can remember and were they quite good at switching off yeah because in those days it was a nine to five right okay you know there's no there was, social media yeah. didn't come along until my adulthood mm-hmm. so yeah, they just, there was just, yeah, I never, I would only be aware of their work if mum came, if mum bought a test ticket home and she was doing a wedding on a Saturday or something, I would be aware of it, but, okay. or if I popped in to see her on counter. Right. But they never talked about work at home or, yeah. not, to, not to me anyway, I mean, I'm sure they did as, as husband and wife, but. But it wasn't a big thing in your household. No, whereas obviously now my job is all pervading in the yeah. family. it's all the time, isn't it? Yeah. So your mum then, am I right in thinking your grandma was on counter doing, is it, Perfume, fragrance, fragrance. And, yeah, fragrance and your mum was more makeup. Yeah, so my grandmother was fragrance, specialised in fragrance, and then moved to Coty and ended up, the picture I have of her on the blog is her on counter for Coty. Yes. And then my mum got a Saturday job on Coty, different counter, same company, different counter. Yeah. When she was, I think, 18. Okay. Um, and then dibbed in and out. She then went into management too. So when we were in the States, she was in restaurant management. And then when we came back, she worked Helen Rubenstein. Okay. On counter again. Yeah. Um, and didn't really want to go down the whole management road, just liked being on counter and coming home to the kids yeah, rather yeah. than doing the whole regional way of traveling and all that sort of stuff. And what was she doing when you were in America then? She was um, a restaurant manager. Okay. So she Company continued to work She throughout. continued to work, yeah. yeah. And then when my little brother was born, she gave up work. Mm-hmm. and stayed at home well I suppose technically these days it would have been maternity leave but in those days it didn't exist especially yeah. still doesn't in America yeah so she just stopped work which was the best part for me because I had yeah. a mum at home yeah yeah and a little brother yeah and then we moved back to England I was like oh okay do you remember products and themes around beauty from that very early age I remember going in to see my gra- both of my grandmothers worked in Henderson's and Lewis's which are the old sort of John Lewis's yeah. that are now not there anymore um my dad's mum was in fashion in Henderson's I can't remember which one and then my other my mum's mum was on the beauty counters Mm -hmm. and we would just go in and meet them and have tea or lunch with them Mm -hmm. and yeah so I was aware of it and I was very hyper aware that my maternal grandmother always looked immaculate and smelt amazing because she one of the brands she worked for in the early days was Guerlain oh so all of the original Guerlain perfumes we've been around since I was born I suppose I was aware of the effect that my grandmother and mother had on people when they walked into a room. Right. I was aware of that because they were always, even now, my mum won't go and post a letter in the corner post box if she doesn't have a full face on. Amazing. She's proper high since bouquet. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, well, more like Joan Collins. Joan mm. Collins' is little sister. She's not mm. as old as Joan. But um, 
I didn't inherit that part of her. God, there's nothing I love more than a day off yeah. like today. But they, yeah, they were very charismatic, very stylish. Mm. I suppose in a way, it, I kind of felt like it was something I wouldn't ever live up to, so why bother? Why did you feel that? Because, uh, well, numerous reasons. My mum and grandmother were very petite. I take after my dad. I'm six feet tall if I stretch, and in a bun, I'm a big bird. Yeah. I was a nine pound, 11 baby. Okay. But I was never chubby. I was always sort of, you know, just average sized kid. And mm-hmm. then teen years came, and I think I've been this tall since I was maybe 15. Okay. So, and then I suppose now, I, like Nora Ephron says, you know, when you're my age, you'll be, you'll be, you'll, what does she say? You'll be not remorseful. You'll, be, you'll reminisce about the age you were and wish you'd worn a bikini all day long. So when I think now about how I actually did look in my 15, in my 15, 16, 17 and early 20s, you know, I was, I mean, I must have been half the weight I am yeah. now. But in my head, I always felt like I was really big, really gangly. There's that thing of I was always a bit too much, a bit too loud a bit too unfiltered, a bit too tall. Did know. that knock your confidence? I think it absolutely does, especially when you're a teenager. I always had a confidence, yeah. but I was always sensitive, I suppose. And people don't expect me to be sensitive, but I am. You know, The biggest thing I get all the time, and even, but people generally mean it as a compliment, mm. is, oh, she doesn't care. As right. in, I don't care about people's opinions. Right. But I care deeply. It's just that I don't care specifically about people's opinions of me. I don't garner how I feel about myself based on the opinion of someone else. But when I care about something, I care deeply. Right. What, I, what I'm not is frivolous. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't give time to... Thing, I don't give a lot of energy to something that is not going to benefit me or my family or the world at large. Or, yeah. You know, I don't... So when people say, oh, she doesn't care, I do. I care a lot. Mm. And I... And, you know, I mean, even if you think about how I blog or how I speak, if mm-hmm. anyone who's listening who doesn't know, you know, I... Yes, the very fact that every interview I do opens with, you're very... You have a lot of opinions. And I and I always say, yeah, but so do you. You just don't feel comfortable voicing them. Yeah. That's the difference. You know, I've earned... I'm 50 this year. Jesus Christ, if I can't have an opinion now, what's the point? What is the point? You know, so... And it's also something that's only ever said to women. I was about to say, no one would say that. If you no. were a man who was an expert in your industry, and no one opinion, would ever say I that. I would be on yeah. TV as yeah. an expert. Uh, it, now I just throw it back to people in a, in a pleasant way and say, yeah. what, you don't have opinions? And everyone has an opinion. And, it's, and the thing is, I don't... God, if I voiced what was in my head, <laughs> it, it would be unprintable. But yeah. Yeah. I only voice an opinion that I think will help either... A brand, you know, I've made a living of telling brands what they should be doing, not what they want to hear. Yeah. You know, my husband jokes and says, who'd have thought that being gobby and opinionated would be such a good career move? Because, you know, if a brand says to me, we love this packaging, what do you think? If I go, there used to be a point where if I was an employee, I wouldn't say anything. I'd be like, oh yeah, it's great. And then go home and go, God, the packaging is crap. Whereas now I am paid to say, well, I don't think you've thought this through because it's going to look awful on a shelf next to XYZ. This packaging doesn't sit well on this website because their color coding is this and the Pantone is this. People would still call that an opinion, but it's actually now become sort of my expertise. I get it, you know, I get oh, not afraid to voice her opinions. Why is that a bad thing? Why are we still telling women that they shouldn't voice their opinions, you know? Yeah, I think it's a tricky one with opinions, isn't it? Because I think that sometimes when opinions come at you about yourself, it's a very different thing to mm. voicing an opinion just in general that isn't directed oh, at Oh, God, anything. yeah. I don't mean yeah. voice your opinion about what you think about Debbie looks like in the street. But that's what I mean. I no, think that's God, why people no. get confused about it or also where it can become a minefield because I think that, you know, voicing your opinion about things that you know about and saying, yeah. I feel this, 
there's no issue with that. This is my life experience. Have that, you know, yeah. this is out in the world. Yeah. No, I don't mean, oh, always speak your mind unfiltered. That's yeah. not what I'm saying at all. What I mean is if, you know, certainly in business, more, more in business, especially for women, I've been in situations where women, I know people are really experts in their field and I can see them thinking, do I say this? Mm. Do I say this? And I'm looking at them going, uh, or I'll bring them into conversation on purpose because yeah. it's almost, I'm now at the point because I am older or they're in my head I'm 17. But I, I recognise now there are some meetings where I'm sitting at the table and if I lead something, yeah. everyone else will follow. And that's yeah. now kind of become my role. Now, I'm very intolerant of all the things that I think you should be intolerant of. I'm, yeah. I'm intolerant of people being rude, yeah. especially to me and my kids. I'm intolerant, and everyone else. Mm. I'm intolerant of people being racist, homophobic, uh, politically incorrect, mm. but if they're doing it on purpose... Uh, but I'm equally, because I'm older, I'm not of the cancel generation. Yes. I'm not of the generation that's, oh, they're canceled, because actually we all know people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I would be the first person to go, well, hey, hang on. And also I think being in business means you have to say to people, you know, you couldn't just, you can't just fire someone for one thing these days. No, no. You have to say to someone, okay, well, we need to talk about this. And yeah. I have much more of that mentality. I, I don't tend to jump in, unless it's something like a mad anti-vaxxer or yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that, you know. Yeah. So when I say I'm opinionated, I mean about things I know my shit about. Yeah. I'm yeah. opinionated on things where I, I see human injustice. Yes. Then I'm very loud and vocal. Yeah. Um, I have no opinion on how someone chooses to run their life if they're not hurting anyone else, breaking the law, abusing children or animals, crack on DV, I don't care what you yeah. wear, I don't care where you shop, but yeah. I'm not interested in, in getting in anyone's business when, right. I, when yeah. I have an opinion. But my, my opinions are generally, I mean, that's why the blog is popular, because people would say, this is amazing, and I would go, well, actually, I think it's too expensive for what it is, it's too foamy, I mean, whatever the reason was. And the fact, and again, it's sad, but it was, it was predominantly women and girls. Mm-hmm. The fact that I said I didn't quite get on with it would free, it seemed to free this whole side of people who would go, oh my God, I didn't get on with it either. I thought it was just me. I can't imagine in the 70s the shift between Liverpool and Mississippi and mm-hmm. what that must have been like. So... I'd kind of quite like you to paint a picture of what you were seeing and what that felt like for you. I mean, it was idyllic for me because the Mississippi is, for everything you see in movies, it's the South is the most beautiful part of the USA because they get four complete seasons. Mm-hmm. So everything in summer is green and luscious and the, the flowers are amazing and it's tropical. I mean, it's, you know, Florida is tropical, yeah. you know. Um, so it's a, it was a beautiful place to grow up in terms of the environments and um, you know we weren't wealthy by any stretch but my parents are like I say workaholics so they did well yeah. you know um, and it was yeah I mean it still has that there's a certain smell it has mm-hmm. especially in the summer and then in the winter they'd have like snow drifts and ice storms that come down from the north and stuff so it was very um, it was interesting but you know it's basically I just remember flares okay <laughs> just remember flares and you know some of the blue eyeshadows yeah <laughs> But it was because it was the South, uh, everything was a bit frizzier. Yeah. Because the humidity is insane. Did your mum look like that? Was she quite into fashion? Yeah, my mum's stunning. Yeah. And was suffered greatly with frizzy hair because right. she has very, very thick curly hair. So mm-hmm. her big bugbear has always been her hair. Does which, she? Properly yeah. curly? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So she, she always had sort of, her hair was always in rollers. Mm-hmm. Always in rollers. And... Like I say, yeah, full face of makeup, but mainly I remember the smell of sun greens. Okay. 
you know like classic sunglasses. Yeah, the smell. smell of the smell of SPF and um, just fresh green. You know, because yeah. when they would have, you'd have the extremes in four in in one day. You could have a temperature of a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Wow! And then out of nowhere, a tropical thunderstorm. What was school like? What was what was the culture at school like? I didn't like the school culture because I was in a private school. Mm-hmm. Because in those days in, in Mississippi, you either went to a private school attached to the church you went to. And my parents weren't religious. Yeah. So we ended up going to the one that the family went to sort of by default. Okay. Um, because the school system, and as, you know, as we all know now, the school infrastructure in the US is still screwed. So I was in a private school and it was very much who had the most money. And it still is. And I hate, I hate that. That started in me young. And my parents hated it. In the end, that's probably why we left. But, mm-hmm. you know, they still have in the school annual every year, most likely to succeed, most beautiful, most successful. And to me, it just makes me rage. Yeah. Because there was always people there who you knew if their parent didn't donate to the PTA, they wouldn't even get a look in. Yeah. Thank God we moved out before I had to do anything as hideous as a prom. <laughs> <laughs> that would not have suited me well. What was your skin like, and when did you start using makeup? Uh, started using makeup when I was about thirteen, but only really a bourgeois blusher, which mm-hmm. was my first purchase. Yeah, typical bourgeois blusher. Um, my skin was always pretty good. I'd get the odd massive hormonal zit, but nothing untoward. When did you start with skincare? I can't remember. Probably around the time I got my periods, maybe thirteen, fourteen. Okay. Do you remember what you were using? It would have been Lancôme. Right. My mum would have put me on Lancome because that's what she still uses. Cleanser, moisturiser? Yeah, just a... Uh, she would have made me wash my face mm-hmm. and then use a little bit of her moisturiser if I needed it. But I didn't really go on to a proper routine of my own until I moved to London. Okay. I would just use, you know, the typical, whatever it was at the time, makeup remover and mm-hmm. nothing... Flash, nothing special. You know, she, her big thing was don't ever put soap on your face. Yeah. And make sure you take your makeup off before you go to bed. Right. What was your hair like? Nice, actually. When I think about it now, it was blonde. Like, no, I had like brownie, brownie blonde, golden hair, mm-hmm. and it was sort of fairly straight, a bit kinky at the front. So it's the kind of hair now that you see on people and think, God, that must have taken hours to do. And yeah. yet, when I was a teenager, I look back at some pictures and I think, God, your hair was so lovely. And at the time, of course, I hated my hair. Yeah. What is wrong with us? Do you know what? Almost everyone I've interviewed said that. Like, there was a point at which they were like, I don't understand. And like you said about your body, like, I don't understand why I was so mean to myself. Why was I so mean to myself? Yeah. 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 But but now, of course, my hair, I started going grey around 19. Yeah. Same as my mum. And so I started using bleach and highlights when I was like maybe early 20s. In a salon or did you do it yourself? Salon. Okay. And then, and so since then, I, God knows, my hair is literally just white. I would yeah. imagine if it grew out, it would be white. And that's why it's thicker and wirier and curlier. Yeah. It's like your hair's really curly. I'm like, no, it's just grey. Yeah. <laughs> what, what colour is your hair? I have no idea. <laughs> Were you aspirational uh, in terms of your career and also about the way you looked in your teen years? I was always aspirational in terms of career and my life. Mm-hmm. I wasn't particularly aspirational about how I looked. I just knew I had to sort of make sure I looked presentable. And um, I was aware that if you looked better you would you would get further okay. is what I was is what I felt it wasn't that it was put to me like that it's just how I felt yeah you know okay so look better in terms of just polished and pulled together a bit more pulled together yeah and okay. but even now I don't I don't kind of look back and think oh uh, I've really had it together or anything like that because I didn't yeah. I was just kind of plodding on mm-hmm. you know but I always had aspirations in terms of where I was going in business and life and much more than that than how I looked. What did that look like in your head? What did you think you did? 
I just knew I would be successful. Okay. But you didn't have a specific... No. ...thing that you wanted to do with your no, life? No, I just wanted to be in business and be successful. Right. Okay, so, 20s. Yeah. What were you like? And tell me about meeting your husband. I met him when I was 19. Moved to London when I was 17. Yeah. Met him when I was 19. Where did you meet? We can't remember if it was either... That's what happens when it's been 30 years. <laughs> it was either in the Marquee, mm-hmm. which used to be the proper Marquee Club, which is now a restaurant. In Liverpool? No, here in Wardour Street. Oh, okay. Uh, the Marquee, you know, yeah. where Wham filmed I'm Your Man. Did they? That's the Marquee. Um, Love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or it was in a pub in Fulham Road, which is now Sainsbury's. So you moved we to London remember. by yourself? Yeah, but the, the, the rule from mother was you can move to London, but you have to go and live with Jen. And Jen was my godmother who lived okay. in Chiswick, my mum's best mate. Okay. So I lived with her until I got a job as a living nanny and then I moved out. Okay. Um, and then I moved out to a flat share when I was like 18, 18. Uh, working as a nanny? No, by then I'd moved to HMV. I was working HMV in Oxford Circus. Okay. At what point did you marry and what were you both doing? What did life look like? We had two kids before we got married. Yeah. So when we finally got married, my mother was like, thank God. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we had Ben when I was 22 mm-hmm. and then because I knew I wanted to work but I also knew I wanted kids and I wanted the kids first okay so we had Ben and Dan before I was 25 so that was very intentional you thought let's do this in a structured way I'll have my children I'm going to have children yeah. and then I'll start my career okay um, and then I got my first job in. I was waitressing I did all sorts mm-hmm. and then I got my first job in the industry when Daniel was like three and then that was for Aveda. Yeah. And then coincidentally, the manager of the business account in Harvey Nichols walked out the same week that Daniel started school full time. Mm-hmm. And I went for the manager's job and got it. I don't know if I'd do it again in hindsight. It's such hard work. And hard work to be a mum at the same time. A mu- that's what I mean. Having, you know, having small children at home. And I can't even remember what we did for childcare. I was going to say. That's how long you... ago it was. Okay. Um... Yeah, it was just hard work. I mean, in the early days, I was only doing weekends. Okay. So I did Saturday, Sunday. But that means Jim and I would be at home Monday, Friday. Jim would be there Saturday, Sunday. We didn't see each other. Yeah. But we'd see each other in the evenings. And, you know, you just make it work. Yeah. You just yeah. make it work. And do you remember what you were using then? Was there stuff that you loved at that point? Not loved. I went through everything. I went through um, the Clinique three-step. Mm-hmm. Horror. Then I did YSL, which at the time was like a foaming cleanser. It was horrific. I'm yep. sure they didn't even make it now. And then I got onto Clarins fairly early, so then I was fine. Mm-hmm. Once I was in Clarins, it was fine. And then I, when I got the job at Aveda, I used Aveda and Clarins. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was using Clarins for a good two years before I got the job in Aveda. So I had my skincare sorted. Yeah. But the Aveda skincare was so overlooked. When I went for the job, I didn't even realise they did skincare. Yeah. And so I would sell more skincare than hair care, which was unheard of. Um, and then that's where the sort of obsession started. At that point, did you start to have the moment of thinking, this could be the thing I could home in on? No. <laughs> no, I was just bodding along. Yeah. I think when you've got small children and a family, that's always the focus. Well, it was for me. My focus was always, okay, I'll just do this job to make this much money so that I can do this this month in the house or feed the kids or... I mean, that basic. Yeah. You know. Month to month. Definitely month to month. Yeah. So I took the full-time job at Aveda, mm-hmm. was poached by, did six weeks at Shuamura for some godforsaken reason, God knows why. The old Shuamura, not the way it is now. Yeah. Um, hated that. What and then you got hate poached. about it? Oh, the management structure was ridiculous. Right. I've always been intolerant of bad management because yeah. the, the good point, the good part about having parents who were always in management is that I had brilliant role models. Right. 
the bad side of it was it made me completely intolerant, even at a young age, of people who I know were crap at people management. Yeah, yeah. And then I got approached by Space NK mm -hmm. and then went to open their Richmond store and then the rest is history. Okay. It all kicked in once I started working for Space NK. Okay, so you're working for Space NK, which at the time was a very young company. Very and trendy. very, like, yeah, very yeah. happening. And it was exciting. Well, everyone was either a makeup artist or yeah. skincare trained. Everyone. There yeah. was no, like, zero-hour contract reps in the store or anything like that. Uh, yeah, we had uniform. Everyone's mm -hmm. in like a black t-shirt, says mm -hmm. Space and K on it. I've got a picture of me somewhere. Essentially, what happened was I thought I need a piece of paper here. I want the qualification that says I can do facials rather than just be trained by all these brands in how to do it. I yeah. want the piece of paper so I can do it myself. So I went to Steiner Beauty School mm -hmm. in the evenings, told Space and K I didn't want to be a manager anymore, at which they were astounded because in those days no one ever said no to Space and K. Yeah. So I don't want to be a manager, but I can happily be an assistant manager. I just don't want the full responsibility. I know I can't do both. And mm -hmm. I want to go back to college and make sure I get my qualification. So they moved me to Harvey Nichols mm -hmm. because it was more central because mm -hmm. I needed that too. I was very bossy. It's so funny how I always say, you know, just trust that the universe will take care of it. If you have made a decision that you know is in your best interest, trust the universe will rise up to meet you, as Oprah would say. You know, because I was the manager of a store, a really well-performing store, it was an easy job. It was in Richmond. It was a beautiful half-hour tube journey each way over the river. And I went to them and said, I need you to demote me, put me in a central London store, and I'm going to go to night school. And they were like, okay. And so I did, and then I got my qualification. Where were you living? Still where I am now. Okay. Still in West London. Yeah. Um, got my qualification and gave my notice in Space and K. I got a job at Clarins, and I was going to go to Clarins and just do be a counter manager. Mm -hmm. And on the day I gave my notice in, I met Sylvie Chantecaille. And she came into Space and K and Harvey Nichols. And you know what it's like? It's like they say the queen thinks everything smells of paint because 10 feet in front of her, there's someone doing this with a paintbrush. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when, the, when the big people would come over, we'd get so much notice and everything would be immaculate. Mm -hmm. And Sylvie popped in and she said, oh, you know, I'm, she was staying in the Mandarin. It was all very fortuitous. She was staying in the Mandarin across the road. I was doing a late shift, which I never did because I had the kids. Yeah. And I said I'd cover for someone, you mm -hmm. know. So I'd, me being a nice person changed my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she came in and she said, you know, if we gave you a full-time sales person, could they take £10,000 a week? And I said, selling what? You've never got any stock. Yeah. And she laughed because people just didn't talk to her like that. Yeah. But I, I said it friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was just like, you've got nothing to sell. There's no stock. There's no testers. You don't return yeah. our phone calls. Who's running your business? There's, yeah. Where's the stock? Yeah. There's no point in having a wait list if people aren't waiting for something that's not coming. Yeah. And then she hired me 10 minutes later. Amazing. So I had to phone my husband and say, yeah, I'm not coming home. I'm going for a, a cup of tea in the Carlton Tower with Sylvie Chantico. And he's like, what? Who? <laughs> what? I said, I'll see you in about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and that was it. I phoned Clarence the next day and said, I'm really sorry. I did give my notice in Space NK, but I got poached last night. Mm -hmm. And they were like, pardon? Mm. <laughs> so it was, but it was one of those things where if I didn't have the character to take the risk to jump into something with Sylvie, mm -hmm. there, I know that there are characters who would say, oh, I've already said yes to Clarins, so I can't say, and I was like, screw that, Clarins yeah. live here, I'm gonna go with this new brand that no one, that needs all this help and I can really make a difference with, and yeah. you know, so that, once I started at Chantecaille is when I thought, oh, I, this is my career. Yeah. Oh, I see, this is what I'm meant to do. Mm -hmm. But even at Space and Kate, in Space and Kate I was enjoying it, but it was very much I was in retail. Yeah. Whereas with Shantikai, I felt like I was in business. Yeah, and you could make a difference yeah. suddenly. And did. Yeah. So we started, we opened the, because I originally, when Sylvie said, you know, why don't you come and work for me? I said, oh, I'm not interested in, in colour. I'm all about skincare and I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I've just qualified and I want to do more with skincare. And she said, 
I'm in town to train Space and K with our new skincare, which we're launching next month. And I was like, okay, let's go. And that was kind of my mentorship, I suppose. Mm -hmm. My internship was running Chantikai. Mm -hmm. Because as much as I knew, there's still so much more to learn when you come away from the retail environment and you're behind the scenes doing the business. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it was great. I just just got to the point with Chantikai, though, where I couldn't grow anymore. I couldn't go any further. I wasn't going to move to the States. I had kids. I had my second two rounds of children when we were there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I did five years at Chantikai and worked all through my pregnancies, all through, didn't do maternity leave, you know, um, was still doing payroll when I was breastfeeding Ava when she was like three days old. Amazing. Intense. I mean, I just think, you know, my biggest bugbear, which sounds odd, but my biggest bugbear is when a certain younger demographic say things like, you're so lucky, you're so lucky. And I think, Jesus Christ, if you think everything you do in life is based around luck, you're in for a big surprise because... You know, we were talking about yesterday, my husband and I did nothing but work solidly and hard for 25 years. Yeah. At minimum, 25 years to get to the point where we didn't have to work so solidly and hard. So we work hard, but if I'm going to take a day off now, I can take a day off because it's my company. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tell me about the blog then. What what happened there? How did you start it? I was consulting for brands. I had left John Tukai and was consulting. I just noticed that the few people who were blogging in the early days, it was all about makeup. It yeah. was all about how to do... I mean, if you look at Sam and Nick Chapman, yeah. their first video was how to do a smoky eye. The first time they spoke about skincare was when they pulled me in. Yeah. So... Which was one of the first sort of bouncing points of the blog too. It's, but it's also one of those things where it's a very visual medium, isn't it? Making videos. And also with blogs, it was initially like lots of pictures or lots yeah. of people saying this is how you do it. So to talk about skincare in that way felt quite novel at the time. It didn't seem obvious. I so. I mean, there wasn't really anyone else doing it. Yeah. So, but to me, it just seemed like a given. And I was on Twitter and I was just saying, you know, I've said this story a hundred times, but someone was talking about wipes and I they, they were being three for two in Superdrug and I said I hope you're using them on your ass, not yeah. on your face and then someone else said why don't you just blog it just do a blog and I mm-hmm. thought well maybe if I just do a quick blog post how does this blog thing work and literally within two hours I had my first post up yeah blog it was literally blogspot.co.uk it was so you're that, technically that quite efficient though well it was so easy in those days it yeah. was just you bought a domain you know you went onto blogspot Mm-hmm. Your, you know, didn't even have to pay any money. No. You just downloaded Blogspot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the original blogger template. Mm-hmm. Really simple, really easy. Put the blog post up. And then a few things happened. I think because I was in early, you know, the blog is nine years old, literally, maybe today. Not that many people doing it. Certainly no one qualified in skincare mm-hmm. was doing it. Um, and even now there are people talking about it. Mm-hmm. But people who are actually qualified talking about it are yeah. still here and there. And I championed them, you know, I think... The other thing you learn about being older is that with generosity of spirit, you get paid back 
mm. 10 times over. So I'm not, I'm always pushing others forwards. You know, I, I see it as my duty to make it easier for people after me. Yeah. Rather than, I'm not threatened. I'm not threatened. If someone knows more than me in skincare, I think, excellent, what can I learn from them? I don't think, yeah. well, how's that going to affect me? That's a great attitude to have. Like, yeah. but, it's, but it's a business attitude. You know, hire people who are better than you. Someone um, said to me recently, um, I was talking to someone about one of their mentors, and he said, apparently the mentor said, um, one of the things... I've always tried to do is be the most stupid person in a room. Yeah, Every room. Totally. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think the, in a way I'm uncomfortable if I'm in a room in a meeting and I know that I hold all the cards. Yeah. It's not my comfortable spot. It happens to me a lot now because of yeah. what I do. Yeah. But I, I don't, well, I, I'll never take it for granted. I'm too old. Mm-hmm. You know, success mm-hmm. came to me when I was in my 40s. Imagine yeah. if, it, if you have this level of success when you're in your 20s. It must be such a head. Yeah. Just a, yeah. it must yeah, just yeah. mess with you. Awful. So I already knew very much who I was. I already had my husband. I already yep. had my kids. I already had a home. I don't have those pressures of trying to pretend to be something I'm not to get a date. But you do also get trolls like everyone on the internet. Did it affect you? Um, I think it affected me when I had a particularly bad one and I almost had to get the police involved. Um, and it affected me when I had to get a lawyer involved to have some threads taken down. But that's also very practical. You're talking about practical. You no, know. it affects you emotionally yeah. because all I've ever wanted to do is help people with their skin. Yeah. And if I'm doing it in a negative way or I've said something wrong, if someone comes to me and says, but you said this about this ingredient and that's not right, I'm the first person to go, oh shit, yeah, mm-hmm. no, you're right, I'll fix it, da da da. It's when people say, what would you know, you're a fat slag. Right. What would you know, you're old. Yeah. What would you know, you're an ex-Clinique shop girl. Well, I've never worked for Clinique and where that came from, it makes me laugh. And also, there yeah. are plenty of people who work for Clinique who know their stuff, so why is that an insult? Yeah. You know, um, but I think as I get older and... Uh, the fact that I am the age I am and secure in my person mm-hmm. if if something is if something triggers something in me I think okay they either must be right mm-hmm. or they're borderline and it is something you can look at your character you know because we never stop no one's a perfect human being I just think like sometimes there are a couple of groups on Facebook that I'm in that I don't think people know I'm in and someone said oh if you're looking for retinol advice Caroline Hirons has just done this brilliant series on retinol and she's really gone through with all the percentages and blah 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 and someone put underneath um, something about her I can't stand it just rubs me up the wrong way blah 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 and I just put underneath uh, first of all I said I said thank you to the original poster and then I hadn't seen the comment underneath and when I saw the comment underneath I put lol don't hold back okay and then she replied and put oh I'm not known for holding back and then I checked back a few minutes later and she deleted it Oh. And I thought, and I said it, I put lol, don't hold back, as yeah. in, you know, because I think people will say a certain thing if they don't know you're going to see it. It's the ones who know you're going to see it who just go at you, they're easy to dismiss. Right. It would be much more meaningful if it was someone in the industry who, who sort of came after me because I had, uh, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but if I had purposely promoted something I didn't believe mm-hmm. in, or that would be real. But someone who... And also, I, am, I, I have a serial illness of being permanently happy. I am a, I'm a, a, a borderline serial optimist. Yeah. You know, if they say, you've got a terminal illness, I'd be going, yeah, but how long have I got? Yeah. It would, it's almost a sickness right. in that the problem comes when real issues do happen. It takes me a while to catch up, but actually it's important. Yeah. So, I don't stress about the small things and I do think if there is because it would never occur to me or my children mm-hmm. or my family to go online and spend three minutes of my precious life 
slagging someone off. Yeah. So the fact that it occurs to someone to point out how ugly I am tells me much more about that person and how happy they are in their life than it does about how ugly I am. Completely. So, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I have empathy with them. They're still yeah. a, I won't say the bad words, but they're still not a nice person. Yes. Um, it doesn't mean you're going to get my attention. You're not going to get my empathy, but you're also not going to get anything from me that you're craving. One of the things that I know that people will be really cross with me if I don't ask you about is skincare. So I wondered if we could go through like a couple of bits and a couple of your opinions. So I have this theory that the word anti-aging is absurd because you can't go back. Um, But, you know, reducing the impact of things that make you age. Um, how, How important do you think that is when you're choosing a skincare routine? I think it depends on your age and your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. If you are 25 and you're addicted to the gym and you don't drink and you don't smoke, you don't need to worry about using anti-aging, as it were, in italics, um, until you're closer to 30. Right. You just don't bother, just use a good SPF, maybe an antioxidant serum if you want to in the morning, mm-hmm. keep your face clean, yep. you're good. If, however, you are extremely stressed and you smoke and you drink and you party and you live in a really, really urban, dirty area, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you should probably take care of your skin. Mm-hmm. You know, so it depends on age. It depends on lifestyle. Um, I think a lot of the S's are bad for the skin. Smoke, sugar, sun, salt, yeah. sulfates. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of S's I don't like. Can we just talk about the term skinfluencer? <laughs> What's wrong with the term skinfluencer? I can't. I just... Do you think of yourself as an influencer? No. Okay. But I do have influence. I recognise that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that term is no, like... No, I would yeah. prefer to be referred to as an expert. If you go to a dinner party or wedding and people say, what do you do? What do you say you do? I say I'm in the beauty industry. Right. And if they push you a bit further, what do you say? I'm a consultant to brands. Okay. And then there'll be some bastard at the table who says, tell them about your blog. Right. She's not. She's got loads of followers. She's yeah, a YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. And then I think, oh God, oh, yeah. please don't tell me. Because it's almost... The problem becomes it's not that I'm not incredibly proud of the work I've done. It's that it's so hard to explain the blogging online world to someone who very happily reads the Daily Mail, Mm. watches this morning Mm. and has no idea about Twitter, Instagram or blogs. And I don't say that's negative, but that's most of the UK. Yeah. You know, in terms of reach online, we live in the online bubble. So we think everybody knows about it. They haven't got a clue. I want to talk to you about surgery and injectables and mm-hmm. everyone's talking about how it's more prevalent now and people all want huge lips and lifted eyes and all of yeah. that do you think it's an issue do you think there should be an age like a minimum age at which you can have surgery and stuff like that because it seems to just be a bit all over the place uh, to be honest i don't but i think certain things should be regulated like i don't think beauty therapists should be able to give botox right i think it should be a dermatologist mm-hmm. or a doctor yeah you know, or a dermatologist, clinician, clinical nurse, mm-hmm. or you know, that someone who has medical impl- the medical implication of you know, I, I did sort of one of the higher levels in terms of beauty therapy training. Yeah. So you know, you have like your NVQs and and Steiner at the time did Sedesco and Sibtac, and so that was my foundation. And it's mm-hmm. an intensive course. You do learn about anatomy and all the muscles and every kind of system, and but. I am not a doctor. Yeah. If I'm going to inject your face, what if it goes wrong? Mm-hmm. You know? So super drug doing injectables is not my favourite thing. No. I do think it should stay in a doctor's office. Um, and yes, unfortunately, 
and this again comes back to this new generation of they think they are entitled to have everything. Mm -hmm. I, I was, we weren't raised with money. I have never had the attitude that I deserve something. Yeah. I will go and work for it. So just because you can't afford it doesn't mean you deserve it. And it's the same way with a car, with a yeah. Chanel handbag. Yeah. You know, if I talk about skincare that's 70 quid, someone says, but I can't afford that. Mm -hmm. And part of me wants to go, so what do you want me to do? Yeah. Get more money. Yeah. And I, that, that's the business head. I never say that online because it sounds so harsh. Yeah, 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 but I would say it in my office to my team. Yeah. You know, I, I, would, I would never go in a business meeting to get more money for a raise and go, I need more money. Mm -hmm. That's a very female specific. Your boss doesn't give a shit that you need more money. You deserve more money. Yeah. Tell me why you deserve more money. You know, it's yeah. a different mindset. Yeah. That's when my business head takes over. So uh, you'll never hear me complain mm -hmm. that I can't afford a head to toe Chanel outfit. Right. If I want, well, first of all, it wouldn't fit me. I could have a handbag, you know, but if I want a Chanel handbag, I'll work for it. I'll buy it myself and I'll be very happy with it, but I'm not going to fling it around everywhere and be like, look what I got. So this whole, the whole thing of, you know, everyone deserves to be able to afford filler. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. Cause you're paying for a doctor's expertise. Yeah. I don't want some Deborah in Superdrug giving me freaking Botox. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You know, everyone deserves to be able to look their best. Of course they do, but it's also about internal health. Mm -hmm. Don't eat shit. Mm -hmm. Take care of your skin. Mm -hmm. You know, don't smoke. If you, have, if you have done all that and you're still not happy with yourself, by all means, change whatever you want to change. But making things cheaper and more affordable, to me, is not a good thing. So that is a concern. Yeah. But in terms of having it, God, everyone should have whatever they want to have. Mm -hmm. You know, and everyone has this big thing about filler. God bless Pete Burns. But he did us no favours because he had the permanent lip filler, which just went wrong. And it, that's what I think people have in their head. Where actually, filler is just hyaluronic acid. Yes. So calm down. You're already putting it on the skin. It's not going to make that much difference putting it in the skin. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'm very pro whatever anyone wants to do. Mm. It's not, but I do think it should be regulated. And in terms of, um, I always say this, but it's really hard to describe a skincare routine to thousands of people. But in terms of, what people might be missing, what do you think the fundamental tenets of a good skin routine are? Oh, a clean skin, making sure it's clean and exfoliated, whether or not you get that through acid or a powder exfoliator is fine. Um, a hydrated skin, not necessarily a thick moisturiser, more of just using a good hyaluronic acid mm -hmm. serum, mm -hmm. a good SPF. Um, I certainly didn't start using SPF properly until I was in my late 30s because we just, no one did. No, and it used to be no really one did. fashionable to be tanned. Yeah, and it was really, yeah. we, we, I mean, in the 80s, they, people think I'm mm. joking, but they sold foil mats to, on the beach and you would lie on a foil mat covered in oil. Covered in oil. Yeah. And whoever was the brownest was the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the difference between us and being raised in the North and New York. In New, yeah. New York, you have to be white pale. Yeah. White, white pale, you know. Yeah. So I, I, you know, a good SPF, um, not smoking, you know, it's as much of what you can do for your lifestyle as what you can use on your face. I mean, the first thing I would direct most people to do is take a probiotic. Yeah. Sort your gut out. Do you take probiotics? Yeah. What do you take? Whatever I can find that's the highest percentage. I, I have really no favourites. Okay. I'm always looking. Outline me now your life, your routine and how you look after yourself. I, oh uh, God, I wake up, <laughs> uh, scream at Max to get his shit together and go to school. But we Max have, is your youngest. He's my youngest. We don't have to do a school run anymore because okay. the school's around the corner and he's 14. That would be weird. <laughs> um, you know, scream and then scream at him when he comes back because he's forgotten something. Mm -hmm. Very, very mum and dad. My husband does the same thing. And then I get showered and I come to the office 
I don't. Oh, wait, 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 you get showered. Yeah. So, um, do you do anything like body brushing or like? Oh God, no. Okay, so it's a quick shower. Wash my hair. Yeah, I wash my hair every day. Okay. Or I get a blow dry if I've got a big work thing coming up. Fine. Washing my hair is my sign that I have taken care of myself. Okay. If I'm tired. And I think it's, I equate it to in the early days of having babies because mm-hmm. when you're really tired, you don't have time to wash your hair. And yeah. I, I equate not having clean hair with being mentally tired. Fine. So for me, it's my, right, wash my hair, check. I can do anything now. Do you like to wash it with anything in particular? Like, no, I'm a total so slut with shampoo. I just take away, I don't use sulfates. Okay. So I use things like uh, Davines. I love Davinez, mm-hmm. but they're probably my fave. OGX, Living yeah. Proof, anything sort of... But I can easily use a L'Oreal Ever range, which has all the sulfates taken out of it. Do you blow dry your hair afterwards? No, I mean, look at it. Stay so you put it in a bun. Do you not bun. mind it being cold and wet on your head? It's not cold and wet, though. It's... Because I, I can't bear it. I have to blow dry my hair. No, and also it takes cold. forever. My hair's too long, it takes yeah, forever. So long. I will probably put something through. I'm supposed to film today, right? Okay. I bring a change of clothes, I bring my makeup bag, mm-hmm. and I did bring the GHD brush thing, thinking I will yeah. blow dry my hair. I know it's not going to happen. Okay. I can't be asked. So if I'm going out to an event, I will always get a blow dry. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I'm a diva, it's because I've got um, a bad neck, and it's just yeah, hard for yeah. me to keep my hands up like this forever and ever. So. Yeah. I don't think it's especially diva to have a blow dry. No, but it is my one indulgence. Yeah. I am very like, okay, I'm going to book a blow dry. Yeah, great. Um... Yeah, and then I come to the office and I'm here all day and then I go home and do, okay. do it all again. And you have lashes on now. Yes. Permanently? Do you keep them on? Do you yeah, keep them lash going extensions. all the time? Lash yeah. extensions, yeah. I, I have a break if I'm kind of, if it's summer holidays and I'm not really doing much, but these days, and also I've never really enjoyed wearing a lot of eyeshadow. Right. So for me, it means I'm partially made up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it does, it opens your eyes up straight away, yeah, doesn't it? Presentable. Do you have it done with Daxeter? Yeah. At Atherton Cox, yeah, she's great. Yeah. She's very quick. So... I've been seeing Daxita for years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, my standard, my sort of bog standard is a blow dry, a manicure and fake lashes. Okay. Manicure gels? Or... Yeah. Hard yeah. gel now. I, I had gels and sort of shellac on and off, but now I have hard gels. Okay. Just because they're indestructible. Yeah. I know that if I can throw on a t-shirt, throw makeup on and I look like I'm good to go. And you're good to go. Okay. Um, what about health and I don't want to say wellness, but like, do you, you know, do you work out? How do you look after God, yourself no. in that respect? No, I wish I did work out, but I just have never had the inclination. But when you say you don't work out, I have this theory that there are people who say they work out and they actually mean they like go to a bar class every day. Mm. Or there are people who say they don't work out, but they're very active and they walk around and they move a lot. I'm active and I move a lot. Fine. But I'm, I'm two extremes. I'm either on the go and I'm on the go and on my feet all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, or I'm a sloth and I'm on the sofa watching SVU. So my weekends are, I'm on the sofa, please yeah. don't make me move. Or I like to sit at my kitchen table with my computer watching SVU. Fine. What's SVU? Special Victims Unit. Law oh. and Order. Dun, dun. <laughs> I've never watched that. I oh my God, we're it. nearly at series 20, it's amazing. Wow, okay. So, and there's a few of us, there's a clique of us who love it. Okay. Um, and, and that's kind of it, I'm low maintenance until I'm not. Okay. So I'm, but my low maintenance is the, the holy trinity, hair, nails, Lashes, right? And I'm in the middle of having my Invisalign, so they'll be. Mm-hmm. I'm not mid now because I had okay. breakfast earlier. Top teeth. and bottom, yeah. Okay, but that's that's YouTube's fault because when you see yourself being filmed, you think, "Christ, my teeth are wonky." Yeah, because when you you're not as in normal as in your face isn't on a screen every week, you don't even think about it. When you're high maintenance, as it were, mm. what's your routine then? Oh, I'd go for a blow dry. Yeah, and that's kind of it to be honest. Okay, I go for a blow dry. I do my own makeup. Yeah. I'm too old. Yeah. You know, it's when people, and I say that 
as a respectful thing. I think you get to a certain point where you know what you like. And, and your makeup like. look, you love a lip gloss. I like lip gloss. I like a glow. Yeah. You'll never see me looking matte until I'm in the coffin. Yeah. So you put a lot of glow on your skin then. Do you put foundation on? Oh, God, yeah. 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 What's your favourite? What Like, if you had to pick three products. Uh, Foundation-wise, I've got Natasha Denona. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Kevin O'Quar highlighter that goes on top, which I think nice. is supposed to be a highlighter, but I put it all over when I'm filming. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember. Trini's BFF concealer is wicked. That's nice. Eye concealer is wicked. Yeah. Um, I spend far longer doing the base than I do any colour. Okay. So because far that's your thing, you want to ramp it up. Yeah. My yeah. base just has. To, if my skin looks good, my hair's blow dried. I can mm-hmm. film anything. What about perfume? Are you into the way you smell? I only. I can only wear one or two now. Because I get headaches. So, okay. and I love smelling around. Like, my daughter has inherited my love of Victor and Rolf Flower Bomb. Mm-hmm. It smells amazing on her. If I wore it every day, I'd get a migraine. Mm-hmm. It's too strong. Whereas yeah. I, in the early days, I wore it all the time. I loved it. Yeah. I like fresh things. I like weird things like Jo Malone Lime Basil and Mandarin. Nice. I like my signature perfumes called I'm a Sex Goddess. That's literally what it's called. Who's it by? It's a Swedish brand, Neo Tantric Fragrances. Can I smell it? Else. It's, it's amazing and I bought I got 10 bottles off a Swedish viewer who said it's on sale do you want me to get you some and she bought them to the office oh that's me. really nice yeah it's lovely but you can't get it up here for love nor money really so I wear it because it's really light it's an old toilet it oh. doesn't give me a headache and, and, it's, and it's mine you know there's no one else who wears it so. it smells a little bit to me like um, African Botanics Marula oil Oh, does it? yeah there you go like skin so maybe that's yeah, the maybe right. yeah. it's fresh and it's light yeah but I mean I love yeah, like heavy that. white fragrances you know anything tuberose anything Joe yeah, Malone but the black I just can't wear it um, okay and then so with you and your life which is very 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 full on all the time um, what do you do and you've got the kids I'm just trying to imagine aside from watching SVU mm. which I'm going to have to get on what do you do to take yourself away from it all do you have that's it literally so you don't have like rituals or bath time or anything no you we do pull that's... the bath out Okay. Because my husband and I both got bad backs and the kids were spending two hours in the bath at a time. Okay. And I was just like, no, this isn't servicing us. We're the grown-ups. Get out. And we've got a walk-in shower now. Okay. Perfect. So... You can always get in the bathroom. Water saved. Yeah. And, and I don't... I've never enjoyed lying around in a bath. Okay. And so, so literally your way of switching off is to watch... To just be at home and watch telly. Nice. Easy. Or to sort of... I'm always in my bare feet. Any chance I get, I take my feet off. So I'm literally grounded at any chance I get. Okay. Yeah. But I I don't like forced activities. Mm-hmm. I don't like to make too many plans. Right. I mean, we didn't have a holiday for years. My husband's the same. We're just, we're happy at home. We're both yeah. homebodies. You know, we have the kids around and it's changing now because the two big ones have moved out. Mm-hmm. Ava's 17, Max is 14. So we go away for weekends on our own now, mm-hmm. which we never used to do. And that's fine. I just think, who wants to go away for a holiday with four young children? That's not a holiday. All you're doing is yeah. trying to find other food options in a different house. Yeah. That's what a holiday is when you have young children. Yeah, that's amazing. No, it's not fun at all. You're still chasing them around. You're still changing nappies. So yeah. we never went anywhere until we did. And then we started going to nice places. So it's fine. But my, I switch off the moment I leave work. But I never really switch off. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Because my work is so online. And it's not work. It's what I love to do. Yeah. So my husband's just given up saying you're going to put your phone down. Right. Because... I'll say, I'm not working. And he'll go, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on Instagram. But you'll see that as work. And I'm like, I'm talking to people. I mean, yeah, yeah. But do you have any, um, have you set yourself any boundaries with phone use? No. No, okay. So you use it when you want to. Yeah. What's the point? It's my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would I set a boundary on how I communicate with people? And I don't set them for the kids either, which is quite controversial. But 
I'm of the thinking, you know, when the kids, as soon as emails happened, I bought all the kids their domain names. Right. So we own avahirons.com, maxhirons.com, because I just thought this is how they're going to communicate. This is their generation. For the people listening who basically want to have your career, mm-hmm. and there will be many, I'm sure. Oh God, really? Well, well an approximation <laughs> of they will want they will want what you've got, and awesome. and also I have to say I'm surrounded by I think in the thousands of products, and there are a lot of people for whom mm. that's very seductive. Yeah. So what would you what would you say? Work hard. Don't complain. No one likes a binger. Don't, and weirdly, like I hate that social term snowflake. Yeah. I, and I get enraged when people in my group who are generally American mm-hmm. will say, why are you being such a snowflake? And I just block them. Yeah. I'm like, don't be obnoxious. But I certainly understand a certain bit of the element of where they're coming from yeah. in terms of, I, I don't do it politically. I mean, don't whinge. Come yeah. to me with a solution to your problem. Don't keep bringing me your problem. Yeah. I have enough of that with people online and that's my job and I love it. But it, you know, it, I, even with a, a brand and most people know the solution to their problems. Mm-hmm. So this is going to sound weird, but they do. And you just had that look of recognition. You know, yeah. most people know. <laughs> if someone comes to me for skin advice, for example, and I will circle back to where we started. Yeah. Most people come to me and they'll say, my skin's really red and raw and blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, how's your sugar intake? And they look at me and they go, yeah, I've been really stressed and I've been eating. I'm like, well... I can, I'm not going yeah. to tell you five, send you five, you know, go and buy these five products, but all you need to do is use probiotics, stop eating shit and take care of yourself. And then they go, yeah, okay, thanks. And they know, and yeah. I'm not, I say it with love. I'm saving you money and I'm yeah. being real with you. Yeah. So in terms of work, don't go to someone with your problem. Work really hard and you have to not be afraid to take a risk and, and act on things. Don't be lazy. I hate laziness. Yeah. Oh my God, I hate laziness more than anything. The worst thing my kids can say to me it can't be asked. So boiling it down, it's work tremendously hard. <laughs> but it's worth and it. And get on with it. Because yeah. when you work hard yeah. and you get the benefits, no one can ever take it away from you. Yeah, so true. So you true. Know? And you've done it. And you've done it. And yeah. I know, I'll, and I say openly to my, my guys here, I know I'm the hardest working person in the room. Mm-hmm. I may not be in the office today. But you can guarantee when you're at home watching telly, I'm on the computer. Yeah. And I should be the hardest working person in the room because I'm the one who keeps everything ticking over. Yeah. So it, it should be that way. You know, be the hardest working person in the room. Be the people that people in the industry talk about. You know, I can, people call me all the time because they know I'm so hyper aware of people in the industry and their positioning and where they want to be. And people end up talking to me like a mother hen. So I get... On the daily, messages from PRs where another PRs apply for a job. What do you think of so-and-so? Yeah. And I'll be like, really, really good, really young, really keen. What do you think of so-and-so? Agency. Yeah. Part of shit, don't do it, they don't pay on time. Interesting. So I'm always taking that knowledge in. I'm very yeah. careful who I give it to. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't just throw it out there. But when I am asked my opinion, I respect the fact that they want me to tell them the truth. Yeah. You know, there's loads of business things like that. And a lot of them came from... Watching my parents, who both still have a... My dad's retired. He's busier than ever. Mm. I don't think I'll ever retire because the job I have is something I love. It's not work. Yeah, and also... But the thing is, it's interesting that you said it's tempered with knowledge and it's tempered with kindness because I think one of the problems with the whole hustle culture is that Mm. it's a little bit grabby and a bit kind of... I don't want to say American in a a derogatory sense, but, you know, it's a little bit like shove everyone aside and you go and get your thing and Mm. you hustle. And actually, great. Look how well that turned out. Yeah, like... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Jesus. My moral compass is extremely strong. Yeah. And I've never deviated from it. I've yeah. never made a decision that wasn't based about 
but yeah, but are they good people? Yeah. And even working with brands, you know, I've had brands say, we'd like Caroline to promote this, not work with us to promote yeah. this. And yeah. I'd say, well, I don't use or like your product. And they'd yeah. say, oh, we don't mind. And I'm like, yeah, but I mind and my readers mind yeah. and know. And then they come back with more money. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm genuinely not saying this, but I'm not playing a game with you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just not interested. Yeah. You know, would you go to so-and-so, for example, we've, a group of us have been invited on a press weekend, but it's at Cowles Park. Oh, and I just messaged everyone and said, yeah, unless the venue moves, I'm not going because of the whole Sultan of Brunei and yeah. stoning gay people and I'm not interested, I can't go. I cannot be seen there. Yeah. And equally, I don't want to support his business. Yes. I'm keenly aware that I've taken up a shed load of your time. And you're very busy. Um, thank you so very much for coming on the show. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.